Welcome to the Black Empowerment Hour, where we firmly believe that being forewarned is being forearmed. I'm your host, Dr. Johnny Cordero. Now, here on the Black Empowerment Hour, we do not recognize any persons or issues too big or too powerful to address. Whether you're unwinding at home, breaking a sweat with a run or a jog, or finding your happy place while listening to this podcast, for the next hour, I'm going to either enrage or enlighten you. But my sole intention is to inspire you to take action. Above all, my goal is to empower you. This podcast is not for the squeamish or for the faint of heart. I aim to emancipate minds by illustrating the interconnectedness between current events and the issues impacting black communities. We'll explore how these challenges are rooted in historical injustices, both in the United States and abroad. You're about to experience the Black Empowerment Hour. Hello and welcome. I'm Johnny Cordero of the Black Empowerment Hour. This episode is intended to announce and advance the next level of attack in the continuing battle for payment of reparations to the descendants of enslaved Africans. I believe, and I am not alone in this belief, that the time is now for the descendants of Africans enslaved here in the United States, through their descendants, to rise up and demand what we are rightfully owed by the government of the United States for centuries of enslavement and the various forms of discrimination thereafter and continuing until this very day. I've entitled this podcast and those that will follow in this series, No Reparations, No Peace. We are coming to get our check. On May 18th of 2023, Representative Cory Bush, Democrat of Missouri, introduced House Resolution 414. The resolution recognizes that the United States has a moral and legal obligation to provide reparations for the enslavement of Africans and its lasting harm on the lives of millions of black people in the United States. Well said, and I agree. The resolution was submitted to the House Judiciary Committee, which is chaired by none other than Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio. You remember him, the airhead who has led the charge against Biden based on absolutely no evidence of wrongdoing, and who wants to impeach Biden again with no evidence of wrongdoing. Jordan, who you will remember, lately ran for Speaker of the House and couldn't even convince his MAGA Republican colleagues that he was worthy of their support. As you know, the Judiciary Committee of the House has a Republican majority. That's how Jordan got to be chairman. Given all these facts, the chance of Representative Bush's H.R. 14 getting passed is about the same as the life chances of a snowball in hell. In all fairness, H.R. 40, a resolution first introduced by the late Representative John Conyers to establish a commission to determine whether reparations are owed, saw no House action in the over 30 years of his introducing it in every House since 1989. During much of that time, Democrats were in control of the Judiciary Committee, but it still never got a hearing. It called for the establishment of a commission to look into the matter. Now, H.R. 414, on the other hand, calls for reparations and sets forth the historical background for such payment and refers to it as a moral and legal obligation. Now, this is significant. Is H.R. 414 perfect? Of course not. 
but it must be supported if for no other reason than it recognizes that the United States government has a legal obligation to pay reparations. It is now clear that a majority of African Americans, that's 59 percent, support the payment of reparations for the descendants of enslaved Africans by the United States government. This means that more than 27 million black citizens are in favor of reparations. Under any other circumstance, Congress would not ignore the demands of such a massive voting bloc. We must not allow them to continue to ignore us. Given the increasing volume and ferocity of our demands, and the number of white Americans who have joined their voices in support of our cause, both political parties, but especially Democrats, are on notice and must act accordingly, or else. One observer has noted, I believe accurately, that Democrats are in the uncomfortable position of finding ways to say no, or not yet, or to change the subject entirely, talking about reparations. No, not yet, or change the subject entirely. What this describes is a political tactic that has served politicians well for far too long, but it is also a vulnerability waiting to be exploited. Their vulnerability can be our strength, and this is why H.R. 414 is a step in the right direction. Now, I'm a lawyer and former attorney, and because of my legal training, I look at reparations issue perhaps differently than some of my colleagues. In law, an obligation denotes a duty and correlative right. In lay terms, the government's legal obligation or duty gives rise to the right to enforcement. This is huge. That being said, I'm not going to waste my time or yours addressing the numerous and baseless arguments frequently heard from reparations opponents. There are some things, however, that we must be clear on and agree on. So let us be clear. Point one. Reparations are not about money. Reparations are not about money. The United States government prints money. The United States government borrows money daily to meet its legal and financial obligations. Reparations are about power economic power, the kind that comes from access to capital. It's not about the redistribution of wealth, it's about the redistribution of power. Again, when we're talking about economic power. The real fear, which is never mentioned, the real fear is that black people will not squander their reparations but that with trillions of dollars at their disposal, black people will use it to affect meaningful, substantive change, and more importantly, it will affect the balance of economic power in America. It was this same fear that caused Black Wall Street and scores of such economically motivated atrocities against the accumulation of black economic power. I said, let's be clear. Point two. Reparations are to be paid by the United States government out of United States government funds. Surprise! Government funds do not belong to taxpayers. Let me say that again. Government funds do not belong to taxpayers. Taxes are government revenue. These are funds that legally belong to the government. 
This is why your taxes are taken from your salary before you get paid. And whether you like it or not, nor do you have a say in how the government's revenue is spent. Chief among the uses of government revenue is to pay its debts. In the case of reparations, the payment would be for an overdue government debt. Let's be clear. Point three. Reparations must be achieved politically. Unfortunately, reparations must be achieved politically. I say unfortunately because payment of the debt that the United States government owes to us is controlled by politicians who control the government purse. No matter what they say, the reason they continue to withhold the uh, payment is because we allow them to. In short, the payment must be awarded by the United States government, by the United States Congress, rather, which means that 535 men and women are key to obtaining reparations. Conversely, 535 men and women are standing in the way of our payment. Numerically, that is 269 politicians, 218 in the House, and 51 in the Senate. So the question becomes, will we continue to allow 269 people to prevent us from receiving what is rightfully owed to us? Will we allow 269 politicians to thwart the will of 47.2 million of us? No reparations, no peace. We are coming to get our check. So the obvious question is, what can we do about it? We must take the fight to them. We must stand united. We must stand united in this, the most important issue of our time. We must demand the payment of a long overdue debt. We must not continue to allow the government to refuse to pay for the uncompensated labor, labor of our ancestors, whose descendants are alive and identifiable, and that it actively, affirmatively, and with malice of forethought, aided, legally, facilitated, and taxed under authority of Article I, Section 9 of the United States Constitution, and actively supported and protected under the Fugitive Slave Act as early as 1793. Now the increasing volume and ferocity of our demands creates a scenario that we must use to our advantage. Both political parties, 8% of white Republicans and 30% of white Democrats, support reparations. Both political parties, but especially the Democrats, as one observer put it, <laughs> who are in that uncomfortable uncomfortable position that we talked about. Yet their vulnerability is our strength. Remember, it's never, never about winning. It is always about fighting. Win, lose, or draw. No reparations, no peace. We are coming to get our check. It follows if we are owed compensation for the forced labor of our ancestors and for legislated discrimination thereafter, we must start by securing what is owed to us with interest. One very conservative estimate puts the figure at $1.5 million per slave descendant. Others have placed the figure as high as 12 to $15 trillion in the aggregate. This amount is owed to the descendants of enslaved Africans who can easily be identified. And this is because of African Americans who in the United States prior to 1965, uh, rather, it is estimated that 90% were descendants of enslaved people.
Remember, if we let them, they will continue to have us running in place and going nowhere. Years, decades, centuries of commissions, studies, and meetings, and always the same result. We must apply pressure. Whether reparations are owed is not the topic of discussion. It is a fact. We are owed, and we must be paid. This is non-negotiable. The only thing that is negotiable is the amount we are owed, and even that is subject to only limited discussion. We must not stop until we are paid. No reparations, no peace. We are coming to get our check. In planning a strategy to get what is owed to us, we must recognize that the government will never give us reparations without a fight. Because, as I have said repeatedly, reparations are not about money. It's about power, economic power, the kind that comes from wealth. The real objection, therefore, is the fear that black people with trillions of dollars at their disposal will use it to affect meaningful, substantive change and will benefit themselves and America at large. We must stand united in this most important issue of our time. We must demand the return of unclaimed property, our money. We must not continue to allow the government to refuse to pay for the uncompensated labor of our ancestors, whose descendants are alive and identifiable, and did actively, affirmatively, affirmatively and with malice aforethought, aided and abetted. This has been another episode of the Black Empowerment Hour. Thank you for tuning in. Our ancestors sacrificed so that we could live today. Let's ensure that their legacy lives on, protect our future, and never let the clock be turned back. Until next time, stay empowered.